Okay, could you just start by saying your name and your title? Oh, right, once again, could you just say your name and what Fiona, your title is? Fiona Powery, I'm director of the Kennedy Institute. Right, and now Fiona, how, how did you first get interested in science? Well, I guess I was um, quite good at science at, uh, at school. I was curious about the natural world how things worked, particularly interested in, in diseases and why people got diseases. And some people did, some people didn't. Was there any reason um, for that? Did you have close friends or family who'd been ill? Yeah, I did. My mother was ill for a long time. Yeah. 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 So she suffered with a chronic inflammatory disease, mm -hmm. um, which there wasn't really very much to offer. And that was really debilitating for, for her um, throughout her life and throughout my childhood. So that was one of the things that prompted me uh, to go down. Having been quite good at the mathematical side of things, but to go more into, into biology mm. and eventually into medical research. Mm, mm. And were there any teachers at school who particularly supported you or inspired you? I think it stepped up when I went to, when I went to do A-levels. I went to a comprehensive school um, for my GCSEs and uh, um, there weren't too many inspiring teachers, but when I went to do A-levels, a very good chemistry teacher and biology teacher, it got much more interesting. Mm. It was much more uh, about your own, some of your own reading and how you wanted to take things. Was that I, a sixth form college? Or that was a sixth form college, yeah. so it drew all of the students from the, from the, I suppose it would have been town or county, into this sixth form and, and I met people who were also like-minded it helped me focus a bit on some of the priorities uh, so that worked that worked quite well I was involved with Bayes which is the British Association of Young Scientists and that was great just getting to know various uh, people across across the UK interested in communicating an interest in science and organizing organizing events I enjoyed that aspect of things, mm. of things too. Mm, mm. So it was a, a natural thing really for me to go from doing three A-levels, physics, chemistry and biology, to think about biochemistry because it had that medical application and was, I was interested in human biology. Uh, but the, the, ch the, the course I chose, which was at Bath University, had a period in industry, a so-called placement, which back then was unusual. And in fact, there wasn't just one, there were two. And they had some exotic locations in there by my standards. So I thought that that sounded fantastic to, to be studying biochemistry, but have the, um, have the opportunity to see how it was being applied. So I, I went to an academic institute and a, um, a company. So that gave me a bit of a feel mm, for mm. how science, the different types of careers that you, that you could have in, in science. But you were always thinking of, of basic science and not medicine. Did you, did you consider reading medicine? I, I thought about medicine. I was interested in medicine. You could see that that might have been a way to, to, to more directly um, do the things that I was interested in. But actually, at the school I was at, I, I never thought I would get the grades to be able to go to medical school. I mean, there was... Nobody from my, my family went to university. There wasn't really anyone encouraging me along. So it was my curiosity around the subject, I suppose, that drove me on. And the more I met like-minded people, I felt that I, I, could, I could do these things. But, but yeah, I think probably by the time I got to 
thinking about universities, I was more interested in the basic science, actually. Yeah. And um, tell me about Bath. What was the Bath was like? fantastic. Mm. Absolutely fantastic. Really excellent course. Um, bringing together uh, you know, foundations uh, in, in biology, chemistry, and, and not, not really much uh, physics, actually, at that point. And there might have been some, I can't, can't quite remember. But then you could choose areas that you wanted to focus on, and I was able to choose areas related to the more medical uh, aspects. And actually, it was a, a lecture at Bath that I heard from somebody from Herman Waldman's group who was talking about therapeutic antibodies. They were just starting to apply monoclonal antibodies and spoke about the immune system. And I hadn't really studied much about that, some, some work on immunoglobulins, but not really the cellular aspect. And I was really very interested in that. That was something that struck me. And actually, in my final year, I wrote to Herman Waldman to see if I could come and do a PhD. So he was still at Cambridge at He that was point. still at Cambridge, mm. but he wrote back and said he didn't have any space. I mean, I was very late applying. Um, so uh, I, I didn't do a PhD at that point. I went off into accountancy. So I was really interested. Yes, we should we um, have to go through that. But let, just tell me about your work placements. That, that, that you so did, the work it? placements. Uh, the first one was at a pharmaceutical company called Herxt that doesn't exist. Any. Oh yeah. So tell me about your work placements. Yeah, well, I had two work placements over six months. Periods. And the first was in these, my second year of university, and uh, that was at a company, a pharmaceutical company, Herxt, Argay, which was in um, Herxt outside Frankfurt. And uh, I was working there in an, on an immunology uh, project, looking at antibodies to components of collagen, so immunising rabbits and then getting the antiserum and characterising it. But it was very interesting working in a German pharmaceutical company with a head of lab and, a, and sort of technicians. It was, you know, it had a, it was very much um, development type work mm. that was was being done. So, so you were a technician, essentially. Yes, exactly. Mm. I hung out with the hung out with the technicians mm. and the others from all over the world that were working in that in Herxt, and we lived in a place called the Vonheim which I guess is where all these young people live. So it was absolutely great fun, mm. other than having to be in work at 7am, which was not what, we were, not what we were used to. So sometimes that was meant that it was an all-nighter. Mm. <laughs> but it was great fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And the second one? And the second placement was in the United States uh, at Cornell Medical School, which is uh, in New York. Um, 69th and York Avenue, so right in the Upper East Side, and I worked there for a very famous biochemist, uh, Alton Meister, who discovered the um, what they call the, the Meister cycle of uh, glutathione, um, and I was working on on methods for getting glutathione into cells as an antioxidant. And, and since there's been quite a lot of interest in that area, so that was. Uh, really interesting. That was much more research. I was leading that myself together with uh, a technician a technician in the lab. And it was uh, very interesting to meet a character like uh, mm. Alton Meister. Mm. And yet, and yet, despite having this experience of two labs, you decided to go into accountancy. 
yes, I guess I came back from that um, when I did my did my finals. And I, as I said to you, I, I wrote. I was interested in doing a PhD, mm. but I wasn't really organised enough. I think I wasn't quite ready. Uh, and I've always balanced my science with um, social activities, shall we say. Uh, and I had got a bit of a taste for living in New York. So I sort of had in the back of my mind that, well, I'll do an account, I'll go into accountancy. And that will give me a training that I could use to take into sort of strategic finance type things and live in New York. <laughs> I mean, I was a bit superficial, I suppose, really, the drivers. Um, but I applied for accountancy in my final year and got offered a place uh, at one of the top accountancy firms to train as a as a trainee chartered accountant. Mm, mm. So actually, after I finished my my BSc, a crowd of us went off to the states on this what was it called British Universities North America Club BUNAC, I suppose that gave a, it, we, we had a work visa and we took off to the States and tried to get work. But that's probably not a story there that are so related to the dance school. <laughs> but anyway, we, we spent uh, two or three months over there and then I came back and, and started in, you know, started on this trainee accountancy mm, programme. Mm, mm. But it didn't take me long to realise that actually the, the doing of um, auditing and where that was going was just not of interest to me and I wanted to go back and do a PhD in medical research and in the immunology area. I told you that that lecture from, it wasn't from Herman himself, mm, it, mm. it was from somebody from his lab, had made me think this was an area I was interested in. So I, in one of my lunch breaks in, from working in London, I nipped over to the Medical Research Council offices to look for their handbook of where they had units. And I saw that there was the, MRC, the uh, MRC cell immunology unit uh, in Oxford, and they were doing immunology. There was Don Mason, who was doing interesting stuff on the immune system. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll write to him. <laughs> and the rest is history. Mm, but mm. I did apply for a couple of other PhDs, and, and I was offered, I was offered one in Cambridge and, and one in Oxford. And really to think about it now, somebody like me would never be offered a PhD. I mean, I'd, I'd left, I'd gone off and done accountancy, and then I'd, I had some sort of ideas about what I wanted to do, but I, I, I didn't have much experience. Although I guess I did have, I did have my placements. Yes, yeah. And I'd actually it. even published a paper from one of those placements with uh -huh. collaborators. Yes, yeah. So I, I had been in a lab and mm. sort of demonstrated that, that I could sort of convert that into something. So I mm. suppose I had a bit, of a, a bit of a track record. So you came for an interview, presumably? I came for an interview, and I always remember that. I mean, this is fun, to the uh, cell immunology unit. And of course, I'd been in the city and, and so on. And I, I met the three PIs, Don uh, Mason, uh, Neil Barclay, and, and Alan Williams, who was running the unit. And they were all in shorts with sandals and socks. And sandals and socks are quite trendy now, but they definitely <laughs> weren't men. And I thought, oh gosh, what am I coming to from my kind of London roots, if you like. Um, but on chatting to Don, he was very interested because one of his students, Gavin Spickett, I think is the name, had gone, it might not be, Richard Arthur, Richard Arthur, had gone from doing a PhD 
into the city. And so Don had sort of lost somebody. So he was quite interested in this individual that was turning up from doing accountancy to want to do medical research. And by this time, my, my, my mum was really quite unwell with her lupus and things were, things were getting more, more challenging uh, for her. And that was a driver also to come back and, and uh, work in, a, in, in an area. Not that I could do anything about her, mm-hmm. but I could see that you know, if we could get more knowledge, we might, be able to, we might be able to develop therapies that were a bit more effective, or at least something. I mean, there was nothing really available. Uh, so Don offered me the place, and we had to hang around trying to find the um, funding, but as soon as he offered it to me, I knew that Oxford was the place as opposed to to Cambridge. And did you and know anything about the Dunn School before no, that? You didn't know about really. its stellar history I, and no, I didn't. and all that kind no, of stuff? No, I didn't. I, I mean, I probably could have done a lot more homework on it, and you would nowadays be much more, have all your ducks in line before you turned up at an interview. But it wasn't really, an in, it was a chat. Um, but I did know about the cell immunology unit. That's what I was applying to, actually. I mean, I got it from the MRC, and it was mm. an MRC unit. Yeah. Happened to be in the Dunn School. Yeah which of course turned out to be a wonderful bonus. But the way I came was really uh, targeted towards the immunology that was being done in, the, in that unit. Yep. And, that, and this, so you said your, your thesis was 80? <laughs> well, I wrote it in, it was published in 89, I suppose. So, so I, I've been about 85, 85. Yes, yeah. 85. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't meet anyone else on that, on that visit. Um, and then uh, I did, I mean, I was very, I was very impressed with Alan Williams. I can see he was a young, sort of dynamic guy. Uh, he was talking about the about the sort of characterising the leukocyte surface uh, proteins, and this was very interesting to me from the sort of biochemistry background that that I had. So the combination of the people there was very, yeah, it sort of looked as if it was going to be good. Mm, mm, mm. So you duly got the funding, was that? Was yeah, that it came through, we got it from, from the... From MRC? Or no, no. It, no, it, it came from what was then called the Arthritis and Rheumatism Council, now the now Arthritis Research UK, um, which is funny because I now have a big grant from them and I'm director of the Kennedy Institute of Rheumatology, even though actually my work did not go down the rheumatology path subsequently but it's funny coming back mm, mm. and having been one of their very early uh, phd students actually so mm. they provided they provided the funding and there was a, an individual on the committee and cook who was very influential i think that that phd was funded because it wasn't directly working on in rheumatology it was basic science and that's something we've always been trying to promote, that, of course, big advances come from fundamental discoveries. Mm. And, of course, the history of the Dunn School will tell you that. Absolutely. Uh, and, and that they ultimately can be applied. Yeah. So what was the question that you were investigating? Did, you, did, you, did Don already have an idea for what you might do, oh, or yeah, did you work did. it out between you as you went along? No, Don, Don had a, an idea that... Um, uh, it was in the early days of producing monoclonal antibodies uh, to the uh, leukocyte surface, and he and they had generated an antibody called OX22, and it divided a particular type of T cell into two, and Don had some information about the functions of those two, 
um, but we didn't. He didn't fully understand that. So my my remit was to f further understand how these cells worked. What what were they doing? What was different about them? Uh, how, what were their relationships, their lineage bet between each other, and how did they impact on the immune system? And how did it go? <laughs> well, I suppose the thing that I discovered there, you know, under Don's guidance, has been one of the foundations of my work. What are we? 30 years later, or almost mm, 30, 28 mm, years mm. later, which was the discovery of a subset of T cells that controls the immune response, so-called regulatory T cells, which others in the Dunn School uh, uh, had worked on uh, later. But these very early studies said there was, there was a population of T cells whose job it was to control the others. And, and, and that had been put forward in previous uh, literature, but that, that work had been discredited, the so-called suppressor cells and how they functioned at, we couldn't really call it the molecular level, but how they, how they had envisaged they'd functioned had, had not turned out to, to, to be the case. And, and, and that idea had waned. And then there was a new wave with more sophisticated tools like these antibodies and also better ways for understanding the function of leukocytes that, that we worked on that came up with a, they're nothing to do with the original literature, although the concept, aspects of the concept mm. were right. Mm, yeah. And then there was a sort of a, a, a new wave of now regulation, regulatory T cells um, that, that my work had brought forward and others uh, uh, around at the time were also finding similar things. So that was very exciting. I mean, my first experiments that I did, I can remember when I found that one subset of T cells had the capacity to, to kill the host and the other one had the capacity to prevent that. And I thought, wow, if we can understand that, we'll really be on to something. And of course, we still don't completely understand it, but aspects of it we and others have used, you know, to, to um, develop therapies in, in, this, in this area. Mm, mm. So it was a very exciting PhD, and yeah. Don was a fantastic person to work with. A very small lab, uh, there were only about four of us in it. It got bigger towards the end of when I was there, and a bit later, and, and um, I, I think Don liked the smaller lab, so who, actually. Who else was around? Can you tick them off? Yes, I mean, when I was there, there was another PhD student called Ian McPhee, and a postdoctoral fellow called John Sedgwick, and a technician in the lab, Steve Simmons. And that was it. Mm. And I sat next to Steve uh, in the lab, um, and he, he, we worked together. Steve, Steve uh, helped me with some of the experiments. He was wonderful. Uh, one of the career technician who really had worked with Don all that, all that time mm. and understood everything that was going on in the lab. But Don was very hands-on, and he was often in the lab asking what's happening, and. But it was, it was absolutely fantastic, and uh, it was a time that immunology was, of course, uh, exploding with all the, all the uh, molecular tools that we could really start to define how cells of the immune system worked. And d d how, how did you become aware, I mean, did you always have this sense that you worked in that unit rather than in the Dunn School, or did you become more aware of what was going on elsewhere in the, in the department? I think I probably mainly focused on the unit. 
Um, we had more to do with, um, I mean, there were, there were a number of postdoctoral. I mean, I was a student, mm. and so my interactions were with, with the students and the postdocs, and we knew quite a lot of people from, from the Dunn School working in the, in the immunology area, mm. I suppose. Mm. So the overlaps, I mean, mainly were a bit focused on people who, who were in the same area, so people from Simon Gordon's lab, for example. But we had a fantastic social thing in the unit, and did a lot of a lot of things. Uh, some very good friendships were established and have been maintained from uh, fellow people that I, I met mm. in the unit. Mm. And of course, I was also part of a college, Linacre, so we had a quite a, a, a social uh, side there. Henry Harris was running the Dunn School. I was going to say, did, did, yes. you, did you have much interaction with Not Henry really. Harris? Not yeah. really. I mean, um, he wouldn't he wouldn't really know who who I was. I don't think. Um, but I, I did meet him um, mm. uh, on, a, on a couple couple of occasions. It's some of the other people there, Simon Hunt, who was in the unit, of course, when Gowans was there. Um, Simon Gordon uh, were the main kind of interaction people, mm. I suppose. Mm. Yeah, but but we we did have a sense that we were working in in a in a wonderful department. Um, with a with a with a long history, you know, I got to under I got to understand that there were, uh, you know, people in the unit had been around mm. in those days. Mm. With and uh, Edward Abraham was presumably still pottering about. He was pottering he? about, yes, driving yes. the car and coming in and, and so on. But I didn't I didn't know him. No. Uh, George, there was George Brownlee on yep. the top floor because we were in this separate yes, building, the if Leslie you Martin like, the Leslie Martin, yes. which is thankfully gone. Uh, um, so maybe the interactions were a little bit more in that space mm. as opposed to going into the main, into the, the main, building, yeah. into the old building. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, there was a lot of interest in trying to build that sense of community and get people to come for coffee. And you know, we had our own coffee room, but but I think eventually that that moved on, and, and then people. You know, how it is today with yes. all its all well, its integrate, but that was a lot. After of, Herman came, uh, yeah, Herman. Yes. I think Herman sort of took it upon himself to 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 get parts integrated. There were little, sort of little bits, mm. yeah, which mm. I suppose is how science was done. Mm. I mean, now if you take it, think of a scientific question, you you want to be integrating across because you have to utilize so many mm. different approaches. Whereas we were a bit self-sufficient, probably. Yeah. Can I ask about the gender balance? When how did you? Did you? I mean, was it? Did you? Yeah. Did you even notice? Or well, I didn't notice then. Yes. But I did notice when I came back to the dance school, uh, very much so. When I oh, was you did come back. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Right. Oh <laughs> Sorry, yes. I, I was That's a it. PhD. You know, so I didn't notice then. Yes. I mean, yes. Don didn't notice what gender anyone was who was mm. doing, working mm. with him, and he was very encouraging of me. I had all the opportunities to go to meetings and. I mean, my, I was starting to get known during my PhD mm. because I went to meetings and made connections yep. and, and I, 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 I just didn't notice it, yes. really. Yes. Um, then I went for postdoctoral studies over to the DNAX Research Institute in California and that was at the cutting edge of cloning all the molecules that immune cells make uh, that are involved with their function. And so I went there to understand how these cells that um, 
with Don I'd identified could actually be controlling the immune mm. system. I mm. felt we needed to understand what they were making to be able to make progress in that area. Mm. So that was uh, my postdoctoral studies were with a very famous um, um, cellular immunologist, Mossman, and, well, Bob Kaufman, who had discovered different subsets of, of mouse T cells. They were running along the same, I mean, I was running along the same lines, mm. but there were more opportunities there to really characterize what was going on, and it, it moved my work into a model system that was more commonly used than what we were in the in the Dunn School, mm. which was which was what the mouse, right, as opposed yeah. to as as opposed to the rat. Mm. Um, and so after, then I spent six years there, and the main discovery there, I guess, was uh, was a, a step on from what I had discovered during my PhD, but related, which was that when you took out these cells that were the controller cells that, that I'd identified in the, in the rat, in the model system that I was working with then, the mice developed an inflammatory bowel disease. And so that's, that's, that's got, how you got to the gut. And that got me to the gut. Yes. And, and actually when we found that, quite serendipitously, uh, oh, let's look at the intestine and this was happening, um, we thought that was really exciting. Uh, and it was a time that the IBD was coming to the fore for other for other reasons, there were different sorts of models available, and, and I basically, I guess, took that on mm. and ran with it in terms of understanding the gut immune system and its interaction with all those microbes. That's inflammatory that bowel disease. Yes. Then mm. is that a, an umbrella term? Are there are there a number of diseases? Well, it's a it's that? a it's a specific set of diseases yep. of idiopathic diseases that that fall under the term inflammatory bowel disease. Mm. Uh, that would encompass Crohn's disease yes. and ulcerative colitis yeah. that probably most people would know yes. as opposed to the broader uh, inflammatory bowel disease. Mm -hmm. And you know, our work has sought to understand that relationship between all of your microbes and an immune system uh, ever since. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I did okay there in terms of publishing papers and, and sort of getting a, getting a niche and having a question that made me feel that I wanted to, to try to become an independent uh, scientist. So I stayed at uh, DNEX for six years mm -hmm. and then applied for a Wellcome Trust senior fellowship, uh, which was very competitive and I was completely outside of the system, you know, uh, and I was going to go back to the Dunn School, but for one reason or another that, that didn't work. Uh, and I'd been selected to go to the next stage and put in a full application and it became clear that I couldn't go to the Dunn School and work in the unit because it was an MRC unit. Probably wouldn't have been the right thing to do in retrospect mm, because mm. that's where I'd come from. Yes, yeah. um, so at the last moment, I didn't have anywhere to go. And uh, I mean, it's a long story, but uh, Peter Morris stepped in from surgery, surgery. Nuffield mm. Department of Surgery, yeah. very long-standing friend of Don's from the transplantation uh, era and so on, well not era but they had done a lot of work together in the early days and he offered me the chance to come to the Nuffield Department of Surgery. So I got the senior fellowship and took it to the Nuffield Department of Surgery mm -hmm. where I established my own lab and worked with lots of wonderful colleagues there but then Peter retired and that was me in Department of Surgery so I thought to renew the senior fellowship, I want to get back into the basic science environment. And that was when I applied to the Dunn School. And uh, um, 
was able to secure a position to come there dependent on having this Wellcome Trust support. So that was that was that purely a research post or did you have teaching would you have teaching responsibilities? It was ma- it was a mainly a research yes. post. But yes. I did do some teaching yes. but mainly it was a, because it was a Wellcome Trust senior fellowship. So what, I renewed what, that. what year are we up to now? Yeah. So when did I go back there? So two thousand and ten was when I left. So I sh- I would think it'd be that I, I think I started there in two thousand. So I came back 96 to the UK, 96 to 2001 or something, I worked at Nuffield Department of Surgery, and then I moved to the Dunn School for about 10 years before I moved to the Nuffield Department of Medicine. <laughs> now I'm in another Nuffield Department. I've been in four departments. Yeah, yeah. Probably I, not many people mm. in Oxford have worked mm. in as many departments. So you arrived back after... Herman had been there for um, probably six or seven years. Yes. And so things would have been quite different. Probably. Yes, so very much so. Yes. Um, I mean, I... And I where, was, where was your lab? My lab started in the Leslie Martin building. But in the time I was there, that was, that was knocked down. But I, so I did join the grouping that was the former CIU, but it wasn't called that anymore. And it was much more integrated. Uh, and had much more to do with with a number of different investigators in in the Dunn School so that was that was that was great I mean it was a I think it's the place that enabled me to really consolidate and push my work forward in as an independent so it started me mm-hmm. and it also enabled me to really make the most of the ideas that, that I had um, I mean Herman was a, a fantastic uh, head of department in that he, he let people, he didn't micromanage things, he let people get on with the research. It was very organic in, in how people interacted. Um, he just kept the ship, I'm sure there was a lot behind that. That type of management uh, requires a certain amount of skill and it's time consuming. But for me, again, as an end user, it was, it was just uh, fantastic. And of course, to come back with the support of, at that time, Don had retired. Uh, but Neil Barclay, a wonderful colleague of, and friend of mine now uh, for, for so many years, uh, Neil was really supportive in, in helping me get the lab going. Coming to the Dunn School meant I got great students coming to the lab. And, and it was great starting in surgery. Mm. was also a, a very informative part for me starting my lab uh, because that's a, that's a difficult time. Mm-hmm. And, and I also had a young daughter so I'd come back from America with a nine-month-old and then when I moved to the Dunn School I had another daughter Uh, so I've sort of gone along um, with these uh, family commitments Mm. as as Mm. well so let's let's explore the gender question then so so first of all I'll repeat my question about the, the the number of women who were working in the department but then how how well did the department cope uh with having women with young children around or was it just something you had to work around yeah i don't think there was a policy yeah yeah i think at that time i mean there were not many female group leaders so one did notice it then i mean i'd come from america and quite a number of the senior management were women there were lots of women pis there were lots of people having babies and it was everyone just worked around these things um whereas when I came for my Wellcome Trust Senior Fellowship interview, the panel was all male, there were about 15 of them. 
There were no women apart from the person on the end taking the notes. And I found that shocking, actually, yes, yeah. coming from America. Yeah. And the sort of staff meetings to do with the Dunn School were all... There just weren't any women. I don't think there were now. Did you overlap with Gillian Griffiths? Yeah, Gillian, Gillian was there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Marion was around, but she wasn't at that level, presumably, Marion Brown. Yeah, Marion Brown was, a, was around, yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, I mean, Marion was working as part of a, a team, yes. I suppose. Yes, uh, About sort of senior professors. Yes. And Gillian and I weren't those, of course, we were, we were more of an early stage. Yeah. There weren't any. No. Shona Murphy was there, and then later Liz, Liz Robertson oh, yes. came. Yeah. Um, but I think even to date, the Dunn School doesn't have so many female professors. I know that the current head is, is, is trying to change that. Mm, mm. It was quite a male environment, I would say, at the high level. Again, it didn't bother me too much because I wasn't, I wasn't trying to make strategic decisions at that point. I was trying to get my work going and it was very supportive. And then I went out internationally where I had a number of... I've always had a lot of female colleagues, actually. Um, I haven't met them all in Oxford. Uh, I've met them through, throughout, the, throughout the world. Yes. Um, yeah. So I don't think it really impacted so much on, on my career progression within my field. But in terms of recognition within the university and leadership roles, which you could have wanted to do, that wasn't so available. Yeah, I think women were not so well recognised. At that stage, but here you are as head of the Kennedy Institute, so, so something must have changed, <laughs> or was it? Well, something did change, mm. which was that there was an opportunity. So my work in inflammatory bowel disease and the basic science behind inflammatory bowel disease on the immunology front is obviously part of gastroenterology on the basic science side. And there was a strategic decision within the medical school that they wanted to create a new chair of gastroenterology, a statutory chair as well, which there are not many of in Oxford. And I was asked to be part of that search committee to look for somebody, being a leading expert in the basic science. And, and so that was actually the first time I'd ever really been involved in anything beyond my... Mm. In Oxford, I mm. was on panels and doing a lot of things internationally. Uh, but I think it was difficult to get recognised in Oxford unless you were, you knew the right kind of group. So um, I was on that, and uh, um, we had an excellent candidate. And they were looking for a clinician. All the candidates were male, and there was one that was uh, who was excellent, but but that person didn't take the job. And so I think the committee um, decided well, what we're going to do. And I don't know who said it, but somebody said, what about <laughs> Port of last resort, you know, what about Fiona? Um, and then that, then various people asked me, would I be interested in applying? I don't think they had any option, really. There wasn't going to be anyone else who was going to take this post. I had the international reputation, if you like, but I wasn't a clinician, uh, and it would be to lead a clinical department. Um, and I sort of thought about it carefully. But actually, it was really getting towards my goal, which was to convert 
yeah, from the very beginning, I have wanted to understand things, to apply them, mm. actually to help people in, in a therapeutic setting. So this was a chance to take basic science into the clinic. And you know, I had discussions with the head of the Nuffield Department of Medicine, then Peter Ratcliffe. And as we got chatting, we had quite a few things in, in common. And um, I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for it. And I applied for it. And I mean, at that point, well, anyway, I was appointed. Yes. I, was, yeah. I was appointed as the first ever uh, chair of gastroenterology, the Sydney True Love Chair of Gastroenterology, which was a statutory chair. Mm. So I went from a kind of senior fellow that had absolutely no visibility in Oxford to somebody who had a statutory chair. Mm. And mm. that meant I met, met a vice-chancellor for the first time ever. Uh, so yeah, it was a, that, was a, that was a step change for me in 2010 mm. Uh, mm. to have that opportunity. I'm so pleased I went for it because that was a wonderful thing to set up and, and uh, work together with, with clinical colleagues. And I learnt a lot. Mm, mm. And I have to say that Peter Ratcliffe took a chance. He took a chance on me. I don't think he had any many options, but he took a chance on me and, and uh, you know, I think gastroenterology now is, is, is thriving. But I left there, of course, in, in uh, 2014 to take this directorship of the Kennedy. So I suppose... <laughs> Starting with ARC and rheumatology, yes. I've come right round to having this role, and uh, this is really a great honour mm. because the Kennedy Institute um, uh, has a, a wonderful reputation, like the Dunn School, in terms of of the making a difference to people's lives uh, with the anti-TNF therapy that came from here, and actually funds the institute. Or the building of it, and so on. So there's a, there's a parallel there with the Dunn School, which yes, obviously there is has indeed. income from the it, 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 exactly. antibiotics. Yeah. Yes, yes, and 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 that makes a big difference mm. for the head, in terms of being able to have some funds for strategic support. Um, so we're still very much linked to 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 the gastro unit. I still have a lot of interactions with the with the Dunn School. I mean, the the group I started at the Dunn School. Uh, Kevin Malloy worked with me, and he's now a he's now a lecturer, and so there's a bit of a, some people that have remained, um, and of course the Dunn School historically has been so so strong in immunology, so many concepts, really important concepts, have been discovered at the Dun at the Dunn School. Mm. You know, I hope that in the future, that that that, that will continue. Yes. Yes. I've got time to ask doing? you one more question. All right, yeah, go. Um, it's just about... It um, has gone the time. I know, it? It, yeah, it usually does. Um, <laughs> just about um, uh, uh, commercial development. Did you, did you, while you were at the Dunn School as a, as a senior fellow, uh, did you have any connections with commercial organisations or did you patent anything or did you...? No. 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 Not really. We probably could have, but, but we didn't. Mm. No, mm. I, no I just wonder with your... your your experience in industry going right the way back to your undergraduate yeah. years, whether I that know. was something you'd kept up. I know. Um, mm. I mean, we, we do now. Um, so that was the transition going up, going up to, the, to the clinical school, yes. I suppose, was right. really starting to think about how we could, how we could apply these things. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, How's I think that? I've, I've used up all your time, so I think that's... I hope